Hello, my friend. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 17th day of July. I'm Paul White. We are in Missouri today on this Lord's Day. I'm ministering at the Living Word Church in Leesburg, Missouri. And I don't expect that if you're listening to this podcast, you can just jet right over to Leesburg. But we'll be posting that for you very soon. Next weekend, we have our Chapin, South Carolina meeting on Friday night at 6.30 Eastern. And we have our Flowery Branch monthly meeting on Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. And uh, if you can make it, you're in the North Georgia or the South Carolina area, come see us. Today, we're going to blast through a few verses here, not because they're unimportant, but because they sort of say a collective thing and we can do it in one podcast. And this will close the first chapter of our journey through 2 Timothy. Let's begin reading in verse 14. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. The the hold fast from yesterday's podcast, verse 13, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you've heard from me. Do it in faith and in love, which are in Christ. That is our responsibility. We hold on to that. But we are not alone in that responsibility. The good thing committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. It's the Holy Spirit who aids, comforts, abets, walks alongside, um, is our advocate and our helper. So whatever you hold on to, you don't simply hold on out here in the wilderness on your own. You hold on to by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then Paul starts to get a little personal, talk about his some of his own losses and pains, and he spends the last several verses of what we call chapter 1. He didn't call it chapter 1. He didn't have chapters. No one puts chapters in a letter, uh, but we do it for our own study. Verse 15, this you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Let's just break these down as we go. Paul's really concerned that Timothy just be faithful, be faithful to the ministry, be faithful to the call. And he starts to set out some examples of unfaithfulness and stack them against examples of faithfulness. Now, we might not think that's necessary. Seems obvious what's faithful and what's not. But when you're leading someone, guiding someone, um, being a spiritual father to someone, you might lay the, the things out for them that you wouldn't lay out for just anyone. I say to my son and daughter things that I wouldn't say to just anyone because it's not for just anyone. It's for them. And we just get to hap- we happen to get to look into this with Paul and Timothy and see what it was that, that he had to say to him. Um, he uses the phrase, uh, all, this you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. you got to take this as an intentional exaggeration uh, because he, I think he wants them to see the extent of the, the issue because if it's everyone, then why mention two people? I mean, we're all guilty of a little hyperbole once in a while. But that doesn't make it a lie. It, it just adds it adds a little weight to what we're saying. And we, if you're getting specific with people and breaking down every word, then yeah, okay, maybe you go, okay, not everybody abandon you. But let's allow Paul that. And, and, and it kind of gives us a little human insight. When he says Asia, that's, that's actually a province. Let's not think of the entire body of Asia as we know it today. Remember, we're dealing mid-first century and in Roman vernacular, that was a province across the Aegean Sea from Greece, what we know now as Western Turkey. 
um, Ephesus, which is where Timothy is serving at this at the time of this letter as Paul's representative, probably pastoring the church that Paul started in Ephesus. Ephesus is the leading city of the province of Asia in Western Turkey. So while that holds a whole different connotation to us, um, it, it meant something different, entirely different to them. Phygelus and Hermogenes are never mentioned again in the New Testament. This is their token spot, and they probably are mentioned by Paul because they must have been two people whom he counted on, or at least two people whom he felt pretty close to, and then he lost them. And it, it's particularly stinging when you are abandoned by the people whom you thought would be with you or who were your friends. I, I don't want to harp on this, but I, I've said this before. It's worth saying again right here. I don't I was raised in a church in a church family and my dad's a pastor. I was in ministry from the beginning pretty much um, and I've been in it. That's the only thing I really, really know. I don't know if there's another profession in the world where people expect more out of you and then feel no guilt in ghosting you. Like you birth their babies, you visit their hospital beds, you bury their grandma, you pour your life into them, you counsel them, you cry with them, and then they are gone. And they feel no responsibility for that because they tell themselves they're gone over doctrinal issues and you should separate yourself from people that don't believe right. I can't tell you the times I've seen that in ministry. And that's why I have a heart for pastors, because it ain't easy. It's why I have a heart for ministry, because it isn't easy to pour yourself into, into people's lives with the idea that the phygeluses and hermogenes are going to leave whenever they darn well want to, <laughs> you know, and as they should be allowed to. But this, this severing with no communication, you can tell it bothers Paul as it would. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. This is a member of the church at Ephesus that is loyal to Paul. It'll come back a little bit later in this book. We'll get into again as well. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and he found me. Um, we got to assume he came to Rome in order to aid Paul. It meant so much to Paul that he puts the guy's name down in print so that it will famously live on. Verse 18 is the final verse of the chapter. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. And that day is a reference Paul uses to the day of the arrival of the Lord, whether that be a parousia, a judgment, your own personal epiphany. Paul doesn't really lay that out as to exactly what he means, but whatever day, and it could be the day that Onesiphorus or you and I stand in front of that judgment seat of Christ, for, for Paul doesn't get into the depth of the theology of what he means there. So you get a little insight into the personality of Paul, and you, and you get to see the pain as well, which I think is important when you take a look intently at ministers and at ministry. That gets us to chapter 2, which we're going to begin this week, starting tomorrow. Um, there's only four chapters in this book, so We'll see how fast we go, but we'll see you then. God bless.